Well, welcome church. It is so good to be with you. My name is Ethan Magnus. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. If we met for the first time last Easter, well, welcome back. It is a great time to be part of God's church. I'm not saying it's a great time. It's actually for a lot of us a pretty hard time, but it's a great time to be part of the church because right now, we see God's church rising up to do so much great stuff. We're feeding hungry people. We're continuing to meet and advance the gospel and care for the lonely. And all of that is due to your generosity, your generosity of giving and your generosity of serving that keeps God's mission going. Thank you for that. Uh, today, I'm excited because we're kicking off a brand new series, Fear Less. Uh, this is a message for those who want to be fearless, or maybe you just settle for fearing less. And everything in this series applies to the situation we find ourselves in here with this COVID-19 stuff. Uh, but I want you to know, we planned this series back when we thought COVID was going to be no big deal. Because there's always something to fear. And everyone I know who faces the fears of this life wishes they could fear less. So I think this is gonna be a great series. It's a timely series. It speaks to the issues of our present moment. It's a practical series. Each week, we're gonna get specific strategies from God's word about how we can actually fear less. And it's a biblical series you'll find that we're going to pour into the pages of Scripture and discover that God doesn't want you to be afraid. In fact, the single most common command in Scripture is do not fear. And in this series from the Bible, we're going to not just hear the command, do not fear, but we're going to let God's Word teach us how to actually fear less. I'm certainly already having fun with this series uh, because here I am sitting by a fire. And sitting by a fire is one of my favorite places to be. We were just a week into the quarantine and I was so cooped up that I came out right here in the middle of the day and just lit a fire and pulled up a chair next to it and sat here for the rest of the day just because something about being next to a fire just makes me feel better. Uh, my family, we took a day off last week and we found a place up in the mountains and the first thing we did after we got there was we built a fire and we sat around it. It was a freezing cold day, but nevertheless, we bundled up and sat there next to the fire. I think I've got a picture of the three of them. I was there, I promise. I was just taking uh, the picture. Um, but really, my favorite time to be by a fire is when I am camping. Uh, for me, camping mainly means backpacking, and I just love to build a little fire and just sit around. Uh, when I get to a campsite, the first thing I do is take off my pack and start looking for wood. And as soon as the pile is large enough, I stop and build a fire. I do that before I look for the spring or set up my tent, I build a fire. It's silly. The fire can't keep me dry if it rains. I don't even cook on it. I use a stove to cook on it. I just want the warmth and the light. And as the day darkens into night, a fire like this, it sort of creates a private world, doesn't it? A place of light and protection. Sitting by a campfire there at night, it's just perfect. That is, until your wood pile gets a little low and somebody has to go off into the darkness and get more wood. And then, isn't it 
odd how suddenly the darkness of the woods is just a little bit scary. I mean, just an hour ago, you could see everything. You know what's there. You remember it. You hiked that way just a little bit ago. But now in the darkness, the fire seems so safe and the woods so scary. That's sort of what the firelight does. It creates a place of refuge, but it also creates a sharp distinction between the known and the unknown, the safe and the scary, the fearless place here by the fire, and the fearful places there in the dark. And this fear of the unknown it can trap us in places where we have no business staying. It can trap us while the fire dwindles, but we're too afraid to enter the unknown and go get the wood. We get stuck. I want to talk about this because some of us are stuck right now. We're stuck in our lives in places where we are not meant to be because we're afraid of the unknown. We would rather settle for the known, which we know isn't God's will for us, than venture into the unknown where God is calling us. This happens to us in relationships. Maybe you're stuck in a dating relationship or with a group of friends that you know are no good for you, but you know them. And the fear of seeking new friendships is just too scary. Or you're trapped in a job or an educational path that is just no good for you but at least you know it. Better the thing you know than the scary unknown out there. Or maybe it's the first day of school or the first day at a new job or just the risk of showing up at church and the unknown of all that just feels more than you can take. Some of you right now are actually avoiding an opportunity to serve God or avoiding a chance to share your faith, or avoiding your chance to serve a neighbor, all because of the fear of the unknown. You get in a situation where there are too many things you don't know, you can sort of be emotionally and mentally paralyzed by things where knowledge is limited. I, I think that that's actually been one of the hardest things about this COVID stuff, is just how little we seem to know. One day they're telling you masks don't make, it, make a difference, don't worry about masks. And the next day I'm cutting up t-shirts, making masks, because they tell me I need to wear one. One day they say the peak will be in April, and then say, no, maybe the peak won't be till May. Uh, the people can't seem to agree on how deadly is it, or how dangerous is it, and who is at risk. How long will the quarantine last? Anybody have a guess on that? Will it be weeks? Will it be months? And we, when the quarantine's over, will we really know it was long enough? When will a vaccine be ready? The things we don't know just start to add up, don't they? And the fear of the unknown can wear you down and you can get stuck. And the light dwindles and the darkness deepens and the unknown out there where you need to go to go get some more wood for the fire, it just seems too far away. And you're not sure you can make it. But here's the thing, the Christian life requires bravery in the face of the unknown. 
Listen, I know, maybe we can't be fearless. But wouldn't it be great if we could just fear less? So that we can follow God into the places God is taking us? That's what Jesus said, right? When he met his disciples and called people to him, he said, hey, you, follow me. And Jesus wouldn't say that to you if he didn't want to lead you somewhere. And if you want to go the places where Jesus is leading, that will mean facing your fear of the unknown. That's what following Jesus has always meant for me. It has meant acknowledging that I'm afraid of what I don't know and recognizing that God wants to call me beyond that fear. So today, together, for my sake and yours, I want to learn a practical and biblical strategy for facing our fears of the unknown. Uh, to do that, I want to pick up the story just where we left off last week. Last week, we told the curious resurrection story from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, the women, according to Mark, went to the tomb early on that first day to look for Jesus. Jesus had told them that he would rise from the dead, but they didn't quite understand. And so when they got to the tomb and it was empty, they were confused. When they met an angel who said that Jesus was risen, instead of being overjoyed, they were terrified. Mark says they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. But then, if you look in John chapter 20, you see that right after that, they met Jesus alive risen from the dead, and their fear turned into confidence, their silence turned into words because suddenly they had nothing to fear and so much to say. And so they run and tell the disciples the good news, and you'll never believe what they find there. They find all the disciples stuck in their homes. The first Easter happened at home under a quarantine. Now, not the kind of quarantine we're in, not a strategic choice to slow the spread of a disease and protect our health. No, a quarantine of fear, a quarantine of trembling. God's people afraid of the unknown, afraid of what comes next. Here's how John tells the story in John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples. She went with this news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said all these things to her. But still that evening, on that same day, when the disciples were together, they had the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And there, when they were huddled in the room with the doors locked so that nobody could come in, Jesus comes and stands among them and says to them, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And then once again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. On that first day, that first Easter, God's people, Jesus' disciples, were trapped by their fear of the unknown. What will happen now, they wondered. They killed Jesus. Will the same 
soldiers now come for us? What will happen now, they wondered. We've always followed and trusted Jesus for three years. We've just gone wherever he went. Where are we supposed to go now? What will we do without him? I sort of feel like we know that feeling, don't we? Surrounded by the unknown, not sure what's coming next, trapped in our houses just so we can feel a little bit safe, afraid to go out the front door. And in the middle of that fear, Jesus shows up. Jesus is present with them when they are trapped in their fear. And suddenly he announces, peace be with you. Like he thinks he's in charge or something. He just announces, peace be in this place. And then he sends them out on mission. What was that last thing he said? Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I have always been stunned by this little interaction. One minute, they're huddled in the room with the door locked. They're so afraid to do anything. And three verses later, Jesus is ready to send them out on mission. I mean, they hardly seem ready for that, do they? Can you go from cowering to a missionary in just one conversation? How could it be that Jesus is ready to send them out? Honestly, it just seems so counterintuitive to me. Doesn't it sort of feel like when we don't know what to do next, when we're afraid of the unknown, we ought to kind of back away from mission? But the Bible is consistent on this point. Even when we are surrounded by the unknown, we still have a mission. I will say, I was so proud of the leadership of this church when the quarantine first came on us and it was clear that we weren't going to be able to do church the way we'd done it for our entire existence. Now, there was a minute where we weren't sure what to do. But even in that time, everybody knew what we were going to do because our mission hadn't changed. Even when there was so much that was unknown, we knew we had a mission to love God and love everyone and make disciples and tell our story. And so we knew we would do that even when we weren't sure how. And this is what God's Word consistently teaches. Even when we are surrounded by the unknown, we still have a mission. In fact, it's when we embrace the mission God has for us, that's when we can get past the fear, the fear of the unknown. The book of James makes this very same point in chapter 4. He says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, uh, spend a year there, carry on business, make a little money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're You're a mist that appears for a little while in the morning and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes and all that boasting is evil. If anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, for them, that is a sin. 
Uh, James starts this little section with the bad news. The bad news is you don't know. See, James knows we like to pretend we do know, right? He knows our tendency to plan and prepare and act like we know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and next year and then we'll do this and we'll do this. We do this. We pretend like we know what's going to happen in the future as a way to manage our fear of the unknown. But James says that strategy to avoid your fear won't work because it isn't rooted in the truth. Instead, James gives us the truth. As hard as it is to hear, we simply don't know. And then he gives us a challenge. The truth is that Jesus is the only one who knows what tomorrow will hold. And the challenge we have from James is to, even in the midst of the unknown, do all the good you can. That is the Bible strategy for tackling our fear of the unknown, from avoiding getting stuck here by the glow of the fire and having the strength and the, the, the guts, I guess, to go out into the unknown where the fire doesn't burn so bright. And if you don't take James' word for it, uh, maybe you'd listen to Time magazine. Uh, some time ago, they published an article. Here was the headline, The Secret to Happiness is helping others. The article goes on to report a bunch of scientific studies that just confirm what the Bible already taught, that we can directly combat our fear and anxiety by serving other people, by staying on mission. Uh, James says this, we don't tackle our fear of the unknown by pretending we can predict the future, pretending like we know everything. No. Instead, the way we fear less in the face of the unknown is to trust that Christ has got it. Christ is with us. Christ is in charge. What do we do? Get busy doing all the good you can. So, I told you this series was going to be practical, and so I want to be super clear. This is the Bible's consistent, practical advice when you feel the weight of your fear over the unknown. Wherever you are, with whatever you've got, do all the good you can. Reconnect with the truth the disciples faced when they were locked in that room, that Jesus was with them even though they were scared. Jesus was in control, they were not, and Jesus was sending them out on mission. This is the most practical way to respond to your fear of the unknown. Go help somebody, go serve somebody, go minister to somebody, go tell somebody the good news. Uh, some of you are already experiencing this. It has been so awesome to watch how people have dealt with their fear over this present COVID crisis by serving others. And I know that many of you could give testimony to how your decision to focus on serving other people and advance the mission of the church has brought down your levels of fear. You actually fear less because you're serving more. I see this with people who are on our calling teams, calling visitors, calling visitors and members of the church to make sure they're okay in all this craziness. I see this among people that are sewing masks or leading groups or launching groups or training people on Zoom. 
I see this when people write notes to their neighbors or put chalk drawings on the sidewalk or they pray for the sick. And some of you need this advice today. You're trapped right now, stuck, huddled up against some metaphorical fire, huddled up to your computer, huddled up to the television, huddled up in your apartment, and you're stuck in your fear because the unknown looms large and threatens to swallow you. This is what God's Word has for you. Hear this simple truth. Christ is with you. Christ is in control. What to you is unknown to Christ is known. And even in the midst of your fear, Christ is sending you out to do all the good you can. Uh, Take just a second and just think about this question. If Christ wanted to help you with your fear, and to do that, he were going to send you out on a mission, do you know where he'd send you? Would he have you call someone who might be a little lonely? Would he have you write a note? Serve in one of our hunger ministries who are feeding the hungry in this time? Would he have you pray for the ministries of the church? Sew a mask for somebody who needs one? This is the path. Maybe you say to yourself, but but if I were to leave the fire and go serve, even if it was just to go get more wood, well, well, it'd be out, that's where it's dark. And I'm gonna need some light because it's scary out there in the darkness and the unknown. But remember, that's how the fear of the unknown works, right? The fear of the unknown traps us where we don't need to stay, where we don't need to be. And it blocks us from going where God is sending you. And if the place God is sending you right now is into the darkness of the unknown, where you're not sure what's going to happen, it's maybe it's someplace you haven't been before, you're going to need two things. You're going to need a light and you're going to need a guide. Not a lot of light, maybe. Not even as much as the fire gives off. But just enough light to take the next step so you know where you're going. And in our Christian lives, we have both those things, a light and a guide. We have the light of God's Word, and we have the example of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119 says, God, your Word is like a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. I love that image. God's Word is a lamp. You know, a lamp isn't a lot of light. It's like a little fire in a box, right? That's all a lamp is, a fire in a box. A little campfire, but it's one you can carry with you as you venture off into the unknown. Just enough light to get you unstuck when things are scary. Just enough light to see one more step. I will say, I really believe that God's Word is a lamp in scary places. Again, I think this is a super practical teaching. I don't think this is just some vague metaphor here. If you will read God's scripture and study God's word, maybe even memorize it, it will function for you as a light when you are, when you are held back by your fear of the unknown. I remember super clearly, I was um, 20 years old. Uh, the first summer, I had to lead a youth group mission trip. 
and I was terrified. Uh, we were doing a VBS in downtown Pittsburgh, and I wasn't afraid of downtown Pittsburgh. That wasn't the scary part. I was afraid of all these teenagers. I was afraid somebody would run off or get hurt or do something, and all these parents, and I was responsible for all these kids. And every morning we'd load up in the van and we'd drive to downtown Pittsburgh and we'd set up for VBS and I was just, just paralyzed by my fear. Ten years later, I'd led dozens of missing trips. Didn't even make me blink, but that was my first one. And the fear of the unknown was shutting me down. And the only thing I could think to do, it just felt so silly at the time, but I'm just telling you, God used it. I would just wake up early and recite the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is not shepherd, my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And I focused on the part, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, because you are with me. I don't know what I was afraid of, whether it was the city or, or just those teenagers, but, but something about saying those words worked. And I found my courage. Not a lot, I wasn't fearless, but I did fear less. And we made it through that first mission trip and nobody got hurt. And I even think we did a little good. And I want you to know God's word could work that way for you too. But even more than needing to know that we have the lamp of God's word when we have to venture out into unknown places, you need to know we have the guide of Jesus who wants to lead you even into the unknown on mission for him. Listen to how the author of Hebrews describes Jesus' role as our guide. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you too will not grow weary and lose heart. The author of Hebrews says that Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. This, word, this is the word trailblazer. He goes first so that we can follow him. He's the, he's the Daniel Boone of following God. He goes off and blazes the trail so behind him we can confidently walk. And he says, look at the path he walked. He walked to the cross. He walked into the, the fear and darkness of that terrible shame because he knew that on the other side of that was glory and joy with his heavenly Father. And you now can follow the same path. He went through some scary stuff, death itself, so that we could see that following Jesus into the unknown is the safest thing we can ever do. That's the paradox, of course, isn't it? Staying stuck here in the known, it feels safer, but it's not. The safest thing we can ever do as followers of Jesus Christ is to follow Jesus Christ. Now, of course, will there be scary days? Will there be some fear when we face the unknown of following Jesus? Absolutely. This side of glory, we will probably never be fearless. But we can fear less. Because Christ is with us. Christ is in control. 
and he has a mission for you. Don't let your fear of the unknown keep you stuck where you think it's safe and make you miss the mission God has for you. Let the lamp of God's word light your path, maybe just one step at a time. Let the pioneer of your faith, Jesus Christ, announce his presence here and then lead you even into the unknown. And when you're really scared, when you're really scared, surrounded by the unknown, and there are days that you will be, don't forget the consistent advice of Scripture. Remember that Jesus is with you. Remember that he's in control. And look around for the good you can do. Look around for the people you can help. Look around for the ways you can serve. Because even in the unknown, God has a mission for you to be light in the darkness, following Jesus all the way to the glory God's prepared for you. Let's pray. God, we are in unknown places now. And the unknown is scary, God. But we believe that you meet us in scary places. And you bring peace with you when you come. And then you call us into mission. And so I just pray that everybody who hears this and is, and is ready to follow you, God, that we would know that even in this scary moment, you have good work for us to do. And as we serve you, God, as we, as, we be, as we become sent out in mission, we will actually find that we fear less because we are focused on the mission you have for us. And my prayer is, God, that just as your people, we would do just that. We would serve more and fear less, trusting that you are the pioneer, the trailblazer of our faith, and we can follow you even through scary places. And you will lead us all the way to the joy that God has prepared for us. We trust all this and we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ.